Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to the Daily Dive Weekend Edition. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and every week I explore the top stories making waves in the news and some that are just plain interesting. I'll connect you with the journalists and the people who know the story and bring you news without the noise so you can make an informed decision. You can catch a new episode of The Daily Dive every Monday through Friday, and it's ready when you wake up. On the weekend edition, I'll be bringing you some of the best stories from the week. It might sound contradictory, but in a hopeful sign for the Fed, job openings have fallen to 10.3 million. While there continues to be a high demand for workers, it shows that the labor market is starting to cool, which helps the Fed in fighting inflation. The ratio of openings to unemployed workers has now dropped to 1.7. For more on what to know, we'll speak to Molly Smith, U.S. Economy Editor at Bloomberg News. It's a funny concept. I think the way I try to explain it to most people is that lately uh, bad news has been good news, at least for the Fed, Um, (laughs) that when you see job openings falling probably to somebody who is applying for jobs, it's like, oh, well, that's not very good. But seeing as as they've been so elevated and that's a sign of demand for workers and how there hasn't been as much supply of workers in response, that's actually been driving up wages all over the economy and contributing to the inflation that we're seeing. So when you see these job openings come down, this is actually a sign of labor demand coming into better balance with supply. And that's why this is an encouraging sign for policymakers at the Fed in hoping that this is uh, leading toward getting inflation back down to target. Still, however, in these very curious economic times, right, there's still a ton of employers that are hiring. We're seeing a lot more uh, news headlines about companies, these companies, a lot in the tech sector, starting to lay off people. But still, by and large, a lot of companies are still trying to hire more employees. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, And that's why you can see, I mean, 10.3 million job openings, it's still a lot of demand for workers out there. So that just really goes to show you that these layoffs have been pretty contained and is not a sign of widespread weakness in the labor market so far. And yeah, I mean, hiring has still been very solid and layoffs as a whole have still been relatively low. The other uh, one of these numbers, there's, you know, a number for everything, right? So (laughs) one of the other numbers people pay attention to is the ratio of openings to unemployed workers. That declined to 1.7. What do we see uh, as far as that? What does that number help us understand? 
that basically says that for every unemployed worker, there are 1.7 job openings available, which is still a lot. I mean, I think the Fed would prefer to see that more around maybe just one opening, like a one-to-one ratio, which is what you would expect if you're one person and one opening, that lines up pretty nicely. But granted, this is still down um, a good bit from the highs that we've seen in the past year. So coming back down to 1.7, again, another good sign of what the Fed wants to see, but probably not enough yet. Where are we seeing these uh, decreases in job openings? I noted in the in the, one of these latest articles from Bloomberg, we saw a lot of decreases in state and local governments. Yeah, that's been a really tough sector. Uh, and you've seen that definitely on the, you know, that so many government workers, teachers, healthcare as well, that kind of falls into that broader category. That's been a really tough place to hire. So when you see these vacancies drop, Sometimes that's not necessarily indicative of that there's less demand, but it could also just be that these sectors um, are just realizing that the demand isn't there and they're taking these postings down. So that's another way to possibly interpret it. So yeah, we definitely saw some big drops in vacancies in state and local government, excluding education, and also um, non-durable goods manufacturing and federal government jobs. Those postings also came down. So we're starting to see certain sectors cool. Uh, We're talking about employment right now and job openings. Obviously, the Fed continues to raise rates. I think they still signal they'll probably do it a few more times. You know, there's fears of a recession, right? All sorts of stuff is going on. Does it seem like we're starting to get a handle on what's going on with inflation? It's tough to say. I mean, there are definitely signs that inflation is cooling uh, in several parts of the economy. It's just not happening as fast as the Fed would like to see, or really as Americans would like to see. This affects all of us. Uh, So while it's been more pronounced, and maybe when you're starting to see rent prices coming down and uh, some other forms of price pressures, like wages have still been rising, but not quite as fast as they were, that's all still inflationary right now. Those things are still accelerating at a pretty rapid pace, but they're just not coming down enough to really make a broader dent on overall inflation. Molly Smith, U.S. Economy Editor at Bloomberg News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. In politics, insiders are saying that President Biden is gearing up to run for office again. And this week, we saw a preview of a possible campaign strategy one that will try to leverage the power of the White House. Advisors will want to keep the president out of every item in the news cycle, but keep up diplomatic engagements, quick trips to swing states, and ramp up the fundraising efforts. For more on how Biden will run, we'll speak to Hans Nichols, reporter at Axios. First off, on the question of him running, most of his senior staff and people that talk to him and know him well think that he has kind of already made the decision to run. Mm-hmm. Now, he hasn't done it formally. He hasn't gotten buy-in from the entire family. But the White House is operating on the principle that Biden is going to run again. They need to start raising money. They need to start getting a formal campaign apparatus up. What we saw this week is kind of what the strategy could be. And what you saw them use, the majesty of the presidency, the sort of the surgical strikes that you're able to do with Air Force One, and then also not get involved in every single news cycle, and then maybe take the weekend off. And if the president does run the next two years, it's going to look a lot like this week, which is using the Rose Garden, using the West Wing. He's got a big state dinner to kind of emphasize his foreign policy bona fides. And, you know, he did a trip to Michigan, an important swing state. He just He's on the tarmac now, uh, about to fly back. 
And then, uh, you know, Friday, it looks like he's heading back up to Delaware. He may he may make another stop on Air Force One politically related there. So think of it as like the Rose Garden reelection strategy plus Air Force One making domestic and foreign trips. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, obviously, staying out of the news cycle, or at least every story in the news cycle could be an important one for him. You know, he's prone to verbal gaffes. He's admitted it himself. We see it all the time. Former President Trump has that tendency to get involved into every story. And when we saw uh, President Biden run the first time, you know, some people said, hey, they were accusing him of uh, hanging out in the basement. Obviously, COVID was a, a big thing going around, but he took that step back approach. And, you know, obviously he has more things that is disposable since he is the president in the White House, all that. But it still seems like that's part of the campaign overall yeah. is to keep out of it a little. Yeah, look, the basement strategy worked. I mean, White House officials would say it was COVID related, but the basement strategy worked in the midterms. It wasn't quite the basement strategy, but you didn't see the president gas up Air Force One and fly to really competitive swing states. He did a big West Coast tour. Where did he go? He went to Oregon and California. Didn't go into Arizona, didn't go into Nevada, where there are these two big competitive Senate races, which the Democrats won. And the word that kind of I the verb that I heard several times when I was reporting the story is that they feel validated. The White House feels that they were validated in their 2020 strategy. They certainly feel validated by the midterm strategy, even though they lost the House. The staff, the losses could have been much worse. And they just they feel like their approach is the right one. And it's not going to be to put the president out front. Every time he's not going to be doing dozens of interviews, town halls, he's not going to be tweeting or subtweeting. They're going to try to keep him above the fray and, you know, use that commodity, which is a presidential visit at a presidential time. Use it a little sparingly and use it preciously. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, right, uh, just coming out of the midterms, right, they they played up big, the Democrats at least did, played up big uh, women's reproductive rights and abortion and all that. And the losses they were expected to have during the midterm elections didn't really happen. And so this is one thing that they have kind of the wind at their back with, at least, even though they they sustained a lot of losses, right? It wasn't the big clapback that a lot of people thought. So they're going to uh, keep using that. The danger for the White House is that they won for reasons that they don't fully understand. And that they, yes, they did better, won maybe the wrong wrong verb, but they did better than expected and defied expectations in the 2022 midterms, but they might not quite know why. And I would suggest that, like, none of us really quite know why. None of us in Washington, none of us in Wall Street, none of us out there. I mean, everyone's got a theory, but no one quite knows why. And so if that's the case, they could be, you know, repeating what they did last time, thinking that it's genius, and it may not work. So that would be the big caveat I would sort of put brackets around like this this entire strategy. I think all of us in D.C. should get out of the predictions business. So I want to be very clear. I'm not making <laughs> yeah. any predictions. Right. But like, you know, it's a version of generals always fighting the last war. And so and then generals maybe not, not knowing why they won the last war. Now, the White House would probably bristle at that because they had a theory of the case and they won. And they didn't win, but they, you know, they, they held the Senate. Maybe you're going to pick up a seat in the Senate and barely lost the House and defied historical expectations. So that's their mentality. And like, you know, we'll have to let voters decide in two years. And as you mentioned, too, start gearing up for all that fundraising. They're going to need a lot of money to compete in these campaigns as, as going forward. If you get an embossed White House Christmas invite, uh, it may not be because the president is dying to see you and hasn't caught up with you in a while. It may be that you're going to get fed up for a big check sometimes down the line, but maybe that's too cynical on my, my part. But <laughs> they're going to need to raise money. And I think uh, the Daily Mail today reported there are going to be like 20-some par- uh, holiday parties uh, oh, wow. uh, at the White House this season. And a lot of them there are for go. troops. They're for <laughs> members of Congress. They're for the staff. 
this isn't all just for donors. In the past, there's been one, I'll come totally clean, there's been one for the press, and uh, I'll come clean on this. I took my mother-in-law to the White House Christmas party. So I'm guilty. I'm part of the corruption, but I was a good son-in-law just All right, for, there you go. for one moment. And uh, yeah, obviously, the uh, the economic news, obviously, is very important looking forward. We're going to get a bunch of economic news by the end of the week, too. So they'll that'll also figure into all these plans. Hans Nichols, reporter at Axios, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Finally for this week, the word of the year for 2022 is gaslighting. Merriam-Webster chooses the word of the year based only on data from lookups, and in 2022, lookups for gaslighting increased 1,740%. Most interestingly, there was not a particular news event that drove those lookups. It was a word that had interest every single day of the year. We'll get a definition for gaslighting and look at some other top words, including LOMI. For all that, we'll speak to Peter Sokolowski, editor-at-large for Merriam-Webster. The word of the year for Merriam-Webster is a statistical measure of curiosity. It's the things that sent us to the dictionary in the past 12 months. And, you know, with 100 million page views every month at the dictionary, we have a lot of data to sort through. And it tells us something about what people are thinking about in terms of what words are being looked up. Now, this is often news-driven. Uh, it can be uh, Hollywood. It can be, obviously, sports. And it can be politics. It goes without saying. In the past couple of years, obviously, health-related concerns and the pandemic. And this year, we found a word that was not associated with a single story, but rather a single word that was looked up almost every day in the past year in very high numbers. And to be honest, it was a little bit below my radar because <laughs> it wasn't a, a word used by a newsmaker, for example. Yeah. However, this is a word that's being used by more and more journalists in more and more headlines. It's used by a lot of sort of think pieces and analyses of not just politics, but corporate behavior, personal behavior. And of course, the word's origins are really in psychology. So this is a term that has a huge, broad span of use. 
but also a word that we've noticed has been used much more frequently in print and in writing since 2017. Wow. And now we kind of come to a peak year for gaslighting. That's so interesting. And, and to your point, right, usually something sparks a lookup for a word. Uh, some, like you, met, like you said, a newsmaker said it or some big thing happened. And even some of the other top words of the year spurred some of these lookups. Codify, when we're talking about what was going on with the Supreme Court, Queen's consort after the Queen died. And, uh, you know, the, the, the King Charles' wife is known as the Queen consort. So when you hear these unfamiliar things, people jump into it. And yeah, that's so interesting. And, I, you know, obviously I look at news every single day for the podcast and in, in my the news business that I work in. And I did notice, you know, headlines and co journalists constantly using this. So, yeah, it's interesting that, that this word was just kind of, you know, a lot of people were looking it up throughout the year. Okay, so now for the official definition. Uh, what does gaslighting mean according to Merriam-Webster? Well, we have two definitions of gaslighting. And as, as you might know, this is a term that originally was used in the context of psychological manipulation, but it has broadened into the use that we most often see, which is the act or practice of grossly misleading someone especially for one's own advantage. And that's the, uh, you know, that's the, the way that most people use it. It's a kind of synonym for the word lying. However, it always has a kind of nefarious strategy or intent, this kind of a plan that is associated with gaslighting, which makes it a little bit different from saying lying about who took the cookies, for example. <laughs> right. And uh, this interesting, this uh, term has uh, its origin uh, from the title of a play coming from 1938. And then they made a movie about the play. You know, the plot was all similar. It's basically a man attempting to make his wife believe that she's kind of going insane. This is where the, the term originated. Absolutely. And it was uh, used, you know, starting in the 1950s that the movie was a big success as a kind of footnote. Angela Lansbury, the actress who just died a few months ago, was one of the stars of that movie from 1944. And that, by the way, is one of the reasons the word was looked up in the past year as well, because of the mentions of the film in her obituaries. But that psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, is what that original use of gaslighting is meant and had meant. And the fact is, sometimes I see on social media people sort of correcting others and saying, you know, gaslighting isn't just lying for strategy. It's this psychological manipulation that tries to convince another person of their own insanity, that they can't believe their own eyes, basically. And, you know, that's one of those things about language is uh, no one can control it. And this is a word that has broadened slightly and has come to a, a much wider use with this broader definition. Yeah, to your point, right, that intent is a very important part of what gaslighting means and what differentiates it from lying and, and things like that, as you mentioned. So that, just an interesting look at that word. I did want to mention some of the other top words, just so we're not forgetting them. Obviously, oligarch was a, a t one of the top searches as well. And we know that kind of came up again to the point earlier of uh, certain words that are sparked by world events, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And when we were trying to put sanctions on oligarchs and whatnot. So, so th this is where this word got a big increase from. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a really good vocabulary word. Honestly, the dictionary is not really there to measure the news. It's there to measure the language. And oligarch is a great word with Greek roots. And it has a peculiarity, which is that, you know, there can be people who are ruling from a class of privilege in many cultures, but the word oligarch really is so closely associated with the 
former Soviet Union that we give a special definition for that context in Russia and other countries that succeeded the Soviet Union, one of a class of individuals who, through private acquisition of state assets, amassed great wealth. And so that specific use is really what sent people to the dictionary. I did want to spend a few more minutes on this, if you can indulge us, because I do love learning more about these words and and why they kind of sparked up into the common culture here. Sentient. This was an interesting one because we saw this one play out in the news. There was a Google engineer who was saying that, you know, one of the AI systems that they were working on had become sentient. First of all, it's sort of the stuff of science fiction, right? And it has become, it's sort of part of the reason why gaslighting is the word of the year, that we are living in an age of constant questioning of of sources, right? The internet is a source of information, but it's also a source of an enormous disinformation. What informs us also deceives us. And so we don't often or always believe our own eyes, do we, in terms of either news reports or the words of politicians, or in this case, the abilities of technology to sort of have actual emotions or feelings, which is, it's a fascinating story. There's no, it's no wonder that this word at the center of that story was also the center of a lot of curiosity. Yeah, that word, uh, lookups for that word increased 480%. If you don't know that story, go ahead and look it up because it is a very interesting look and and, and Google denies the whole thing that uh, any AI <laughs> is sentient. There was also uh, cancel culture on the top list, LGBTQIA. And let's end off with this interesting word, Lomi. This came up because of <laughs> Wordle. Uh, you know, a lot of people, it, it's funny because I played Wordle for a, a bunch and you get pissed off when it's like a word you never heard of. And you're like, how the heck is that the word of the day for this game here? Tell us what that means and uh, and just uh, how many lookups that got. Right. I mean, the fact is there is a new phenomenon in word games. You know, we've had Scrabble, we have crosswords. People love language and they love playing with words and Wordle and Quirtle, other words similar, uh, other games similar to that have really sparked a kind of a whole new kind of word ecosystem of of games and gaming and frankly, vocabulary fun. People love playing with words. Yeah. You know, Lomi just it comes from the noun loam, which means a mixture of either plaster or it's often used for soil, right, or sand. And L-O-A-M-Y is a five-letter word that, that um, corresponded to the word quiz that day. And the, the spike was unbelievable. It was four and a half million percent. <laughs> and uh, that is maybe unprecedented in our data. And it shows <laughs> the breadth of, of Wordle on the one hand. It also yeah. shows that, you know, this is what the dictionary is for. One of the principal questions the dictionary answers is, is that a word? Peter Sokolowski, editor-at-large at Merriam-Webster. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a treat. Thank you. That's it for this weekend. Be sure to check out The Daily Dive every Monday through Friday. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive has been engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive Weekend Edition. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.